Hey there, welcome to Beyond the Bikini podcast, where you can enhance your body and your mind. My name is Nicole Ferrier, exercise science grad, certified personal trainer, bikini competitor, and coach. On this podcast, you will learn more about my experience in the fitness industry, competing in bikini competitions, mental health, and how to gain more success in your own life in your fitness journey. So sit back, relax, or power through this cardio session and enjoy. What is up, guys, and welcome to Beyond the Bikini Radio. So today I want to take time to answer your guys' questions in regards to my struggles with eating disorders or eating disorders in general. I do want to start today's podcast by saying I am by no means a licensed therapist, nor am I trying to give medical advice here. Um, If you feel like you're struggling with an eating disorder, I highly recommend that you check out NEDA, N-E-D-A, that is the National Eating Disorders Awareness site where you can take a test to see if you might be at risk for an eating disorder and even find a therapist that is nearby. Um, In regards to therapy, this is not meant for like medical advice, but just simply going through my experience um, through my eating disorder and what I've learned through Um, my struggles. So if my struggles are able to help you, that makes me happy. And again, this is just based off of my experience. It's not meant to be like guidance for you and your own struggles. I highly recommend that you seek help and get recovery if that's what you need. Um, And then for this podcast, I did want to throw out a trigger warning. I don't want to trigger anyone in their eating disorder or their thoughts with their body image. So if that's something you're struggling with too, this podcast episode might not be the best for you. Um, I do want to be sensitive to that because I by no means ever want to trigger someone into comparing themselves or comparing their disorders or um, having their thoughts just manifest even further. So again, there's your trigger warning and we're going to jump right into it. I asked a while back on Instagram for you guys to ask me questions in regards to eating disorders. So I'm going to pull those up right now and go through them. This is my second time recording this podcast because I did not save the other one. So that's fun. Um, But jumping right into it. First question is, how should a partner help you when they don't understand? Understand if you've never struggled with an eating disorder that you'll never understand fully. Um, But what you can do is just show this person compassion. Don't judge them. Don't shame them. um, Allow them to feel their feelings and don't like belittle them. Like if they're having a bad body image day, be loving and caring for them and like hype them up and not just their body, but like their personality. Um, Don't be like, Oh, like you look great. Like just say like, you're such an awesome person. Like I love, like I love your personality. I love how funny you are. I love, um, your eyes. I love your hair. I love this. Like I like, don't just put it on their body. So comment them there. Um, but the best thing you can do is just take time to educate yourself. So there's so many great resources out there. Again, like the national eating disorders awareness site has a lot of great resources for those who are wanting to learn more. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of good documentaries as well out there that you can just educate yourself more on. Or, you know, just really try to sit down with your significant other and, like, ask them, like, what do you need from me so I can be there for you? Um, 
if they have a therapist and you're able to sit in on therapy and they're comfortable with that, like that would be great as well. Like I know a lot of times like group therapy is allowed. So that can really give you a better understanding of your partner, what their struggles are. So that would be my advice for that. Um, moving on to the next question. Um, does being food focused mean you have an eating disorder? No, this does not mean you have an eating disorder. And honestly, I feel like everybody is a little bit food focused. Um, in the States. That's just my own personal opinion. Uh, however, having anxiety and having food consume every single thought of your day where it's like crippling, um, that is more disordered related. So like being food focused, like, yeah, I think we're all food focused a little bit, but food focus, focusism, is that a word? I don't know. Um, that can be a good thing too. Like for example, you're going home for Christmas, you're looking forward to like some uh, food that you don't get that often, like a special dish that like a family member makes like that's, there's nothing wrong with being like excited about that food and food focused on that. Um, I think when the food is just preoccupying every single thought of your day, um, and stressing you out, then there's a further issue going on there. And again, there is a quiz that you can take on Nita, uh, that will give you more information in regards to if you're struggling with an eating disorder, you can take that and that that can be like your first stepping stone to understanding if you might need further help. Okay. Next question is how to break old false beliefs with food. I think you really need to understand like there is no good and bad with food. I highly recommend that you listen to the book called the fuck it diet. Um, it really goes over diet culture and how we've labeled food as good and bad and like tied into our worth. But truly understand that like gaining weight isn't bad. Gaining weight isn't good. Just like losing weight isn't good and losing weight isn't bad. Like everything needs to be neutralized out. There's no good and bad foods. There's no food that will make you gain weight. There's no food that will make you lose weight. There's no food that makes you a bad person. Like you have to go through all of these rules that you have in your head and break them down and try to conquer them. Um, I know a lot of people struggle with fear foods. And for me, like I've had like a long list of fear foods that I've had, um, but I've conquered a good majority of them. Does that mean I have my fear foods every single day? No, because like for me, my fear foods were like very calorically dense things like ice cream, um, donuts, pizza. Pizza is still one of my fear foods for sure. I don't have them on a consistent basis, but when the time arises where that food is presented to me, like I'm a lot more comfortable at making that choice if I want the food or not. Um, so that is something that you're probably going to have to conquer is your fear foods and understanding that like that food isn't bad for you and that food's not going to make you fat and even gaining fat. is not a bad thing. It's not, but if you are struggling with an eating disorder, that's probably a fear that you're having. Okay. Um, beating exercise addiction and burning off anything you eat to justify your food intake. This is very, very bad. Um, this is a recipe for metabolic freaking mayhem. Um, I see this all the time. Like so many women, we just rely on cardio to burn off the calories I'm going to eat. Or like, I just cringe when I hear people say, I'm about to burn off this food that I ate from Thanksgiving. Like that's just really like a fucked up way to look at exercise. Um, and when you're exercising all the time, your body gets really good at that movement and starts burning less calories per cardio session or per training session. And you get to exercise all day long and you're still like 
the same weight, if not overweight, and your body feels inflamed and horrible. That's just a recipe for disaster. So what's going on with overexercising is you're looking at your body as a calculator as food goes in, calories come out, therefore it's neutralized, right? Not necessarily, because you're going to get to a point where you're messing up your hormones. And once hormones are messed up, you're not going to get anywhere. So you're literally a hamster on a hamster wheel and you're wasting your time and energy on trying to burn off all these calories. Um, And again, too, like if you want muscle, if you want an athletic shape to your body, if you want to be stronger, if you want to have energy, you're going to need muscle and muscle requires calories to build. So if you're constantly burning off everything you're eating, you truly are not going to get anywhere. So over-exercising, you're using it as a coping mechanism for some sort of stress in your life or something that is triggering you in your life. So you're really going to have to go through um, like a day in a life for yourself and realize like, oh, this is when I tend to like want to really exercise for a prolonged period of time. Um, when is this? At the end of the day or is that after like a conflict that you have with someone, if that's like some sort of stress that's going on, find what that trigger is for yourself and then find another coping mechanism. I find a lot of people who struggle with overexercising too. It's like with running, it's something high intensity where they feel like they need to like sweat and really quote unquote punish themselves. You need to bring down the intensity of that exercise. So switch from maybe running to yoga or from running to walking. This has been a really hard transition for myself because when I struggled with my overexercising, I used to run four to eight miles a day easily. Um, and then I had to switch that running to like a run walk and then from a run walk to a walk. And now I would hate the idea of like running for any longer than like 15, 20 minutes, because I know that I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for my eating disorder, if that makes sense. So I'm not going to put myself in that position. So now I just walk to deal with my thing is anxiety because I do struggle with anxiety. So I walk to cope with my anxiety um, or I phone a friend and just chat with someone that also helps me and producing content as well helps me deal with anxiety and stress as well. So you're going to have to find just like a different coping mechanism for you. Okay. I love this question. Popular identifying behaviors noticed with eating disorders. So it just depends. I mean, there's a variety of eating disorders out there. It's not just anorexia and bulimia. You also have like binge eating or orthorexia. Um, I'm going to go through a couple of them right now. Um, For anorexia, I would say just looking withdrawn, like avoiding social events. Maybe they look really tired all the time or they're complaining about their energy. They might express that they've lost their period. They might express like pinching their like skin or saying they look fat or just being very negative about their body or comparing their body to your body. Um, You might find that they are very slow with eating or they're really pounding like caffeine and chewing gum. So those are some signs of anorexia. I don't like to say strictly weight because I feel like the traditional like uh, stereotype of like anorexics is like they're bone thin, but like not every anorexic gets like that because of, again, the hormones and metabolism. Some anorexics are overweight and, or quote unquote, have a higher BMI. And again, it's more of like the behaviors of like avoiding food, labeling food, um, feeling like you're judging their food intake, avoiding social situations, having the low energy. Maybe you've noticed their hair, skin, and nails is compromised. Maybe you've noticed that 
they seem more irritable and the mood swings. Those are all signs that they could be struggling with anorexia. As for bulimia, like, and binge eating, um, a lot of times they feel, again, like the judgment towards their food, they're hiding food, they're hoarding food. Um, you might notice that their like cheeks are inflamed or their face gets inflamed sometimes from consuming a lot of food and even purging if they're doing it through uh, inducing vomiting. You might find that they'll make comments of like, I need to burn off all this food now. And they'll like want to go over exercise or they exercise in um, secret. And a lot of anorexics do that as well. I know when I struggled with my anorexia, I would like exercise in secret. So no one can make comments on like me trying to get in as much movement as possible. So that was me just struggling and trying to cope with my stress and I didn't want anyone else to see it. And I got so withdrawn with my eating disorders. Like I was just all in my head and I didn't want to do anything with anyone, nor did I have the energy to do so. I just spent a lot of time like taking naps. So the fatigue is a big one, but I hope that helped you out. Okay. Next question. Um, did, did you have any clear triggers like topics, events that triggered my eating disorder? This is a good question. So I don't think that there's like an exact like trigger that triggered my eating disorder, but it's just like the compounding effect of a multitude of things. Um, mine was like just more in my family. So like my mom went on a diet and it was a very low calorie diet. It was monitored by a physician and she was on it to lose weight clearly. Um, and I thought I need to do that. Well, I was a gymnast, so I was already exercising a lot and I would train like 20 hours a week and my mom was eating 800 calories a day and I thought I need to eat 800 calories a day. And I started creating my own food rules. Um, I became a vegetarian at the time. I would try to keep my meals at less than like 200 calories a day. Um, I was very hyper-focused on anyone's comments towards my food intakes. Like my dad would make comments if I ate really late at night. Um, he would say that I'm going to gain weight and get fat one day if I'm like consuming too much food, quote unquote, too much food or too late at night. And all of those comments like really affected me and like how I saw my body. And um, it made me kind of like just shut down. So I would was always praised for like my hard work whenever I was in athletics. So like exercising to me was like, oh, like you're doing an awesome job. You're so dedicated. So like I got the validation there. But before I knew it, like I was dropping weight at a rapid rate. Like I lost 10 pounds in a month. Um, and I was already someone who was like very small and petite. And I just got even smaller. Um, and so I think just the comments, the comments towards my body, the comments towards my food choices all manifested in me, like wanting to be a really good kid. Like guys, I was a really good kid. Like I never got in trouble. I never swore. I never did drugs. I never got a detention. I never got any of that, but I just want to be the best kid possible. And like, to me, I thought fat was bad, right? Like, cause we're just told that. And I thought fat was bad. I need to be as small as possible. So I'm loved. Um, and that's what I did. And it's interesting because I don't really think my parents understand how big of a role that they had in my eating disorder, but their comments truly did like really hurt my body image a lot. Um, but now to this day, because I've grown so much and I do have a lot of confidence, like as an adult now, like if I get comments toward my body or like 
there's this one time where I was dating someone and their father made a comment on like my weight loss from my competition prep. And he's like, Oh, you're rocking that anorexic look, aren't you now? Or comments like, Oh, are you really going to eat that cookie? Or are you just going to be like one of those bulimics that throw it up? Like just really fucked up shit. And to me now, like before I used to just like sit there and take it. And now like comments like that, I have absolutely no tolerance for them. Like I will just talk this person's ear off. If they think that, Oh, you look anorexic. I will tell them, Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know you could look like a mental illness. And also in case you didn't know this, anorexia is one of the mental illnesses that kills the most people. Like it's not really a joke. You need to make them feel uncomfortable because nobody deserves to make you feel uncomfortable or say those things to you. And as an adult, like, you know, better, come on, you know, better. So I don't, um, I don't stand for it really anymore. I think that you really with an eating disorder, like you have such little confidence and you keep your voice so quiet and you don't want to take up space. And I'm telling you right now, like you need to take up some fucking space and you need to stand up for yourself because no one's going to. And so do not let your eating disorder like push you down or tell you that you're not worthy and that you aren't a good person because you're an awesome person and you deserve to show up for yourself. So that's really what I've learned over the years is as I've had to overcome these triggers over and over and over again in the comments and the food comments and the body comments. And it continues on as I've like gone through my competition career. I've just learned to stick up for my goddamn self because I realize no one will. So it's taken time to get here. Um, but again, like understand like your triggers are going to be different from someone else's. And if something is triggering you, you need to let that person know. And I have told like my mom now, like as an adult, I'm like, Hey, like when you and dad make comments like this, like it kind of triggers me or, um, certain scenarios. Like if people are like telling me to eat something and like pushing it in my face and I, I legitimately just don't want it. Um, I will tell them like, that's really bothering me. Like that's triggering me to like a friend that's with me. Like, for example, if I'm at like, I don't know, like, let's say like a work event and I'm with my, my boyfriend and someone is like, why don't you have a drink? Like just drink. And I'm like, I I don't want to drink. And he's like, Oh no, she's good. She's going to be the DD. Like, so you need to have a friend that's got your back too. And just voice that like you're struggling with a trigger if it arises. So that was, um, hopefully that was helpful. That was really (laughs) drawn out there. Wasn't it? Um, someone asked, do you, do you have any setbacks in recovery? Yeah, absolutely. I think everybody has setbacks in their recovery and you have to understand that recovery is not a linear line. Um, you're going to have moments where you have weakness and you relapse and, um, having a little relapse versus like a full blown relapse is completely different. Like, um, I think a little, I call it more, I should voice this differently. Um, like a slip up. So like if you're someone who struggles with bulimia, if you used to purge like two, three times a day and you purged once in a blue moon, um, I wouldn't say that you've completely relapsed, but you need to take notes and let someone know. And you have to avoid that situation or whatever was that trigger for you in the future. Um, for me, I've struggled with bulimia. Like I've been that person that's purged multiple times a day. Um, I haven't purged in a long time. Um, but I've definitely had times where I've relapsed with my bulimia and had a purge here or there. And again, it's so hard to explain like why this happens. Like you legitimately black out. And then after it's done, it's like, 
you realize what you've done. Um, and I think for me, like if, if, or I should say when that happens, I, I cry and I'm upset and I let someone know. And I also realize that I am stronger and it's just like a challenge, um, that I'm going to have to overcome again. It's not like a full blown relapse, like wanting to do that again and having it become a habit. Like when it starts to become a habit, that's more of like a full blown relapse where it's happening over and over and over again, but having a little setback, like I think that's an opportunity for you to learn more and to grow stronger with your eating disorder recovery to avoid any situation like that in the future. Um, and that in itself is really beautiful because you get to get even stronger mentally. You get to learn from what happened um, and just grow from there. So understand like a setback is just like a setup for a comeback and there's nothing wrong with having a slip up. It doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make you not worthy of recovery. Like recovery is still possible for you and um, no one's recovery is perfect either. Okay. Um, someone asked, how do I deal with people's comments on my body, like gaining weight and losing weight? Again, be a fucking adult. Like people should not be making comments on your body. It's unfortunate because people will make comments whenever you're losing weight and really validate you. And for someone who's struggling with anorexia, that can be like feeling fire. So like throwing sticks into a fire and it's blazing hot because you're like, Oh wow. Like you look so great. You've lost so much weight. Like it's just really fucking grinds my gears. Like, and then if someone gains weight, it's considered a bad thing. Like it's not a bad thing. So if someone is making comments, like just don't allow for it. Um, I don't really allow for people's comments to affect me internally. Like if someone makes a comment on my body, I just let it sit on the surface. Like I don't let it hit me internally. Um, and I, I can't really describe to you how I go about that. It's just simply, I, I don't let their words affect how I think about myself because I don't really care how anybody else thinks about me. I only care about how I think about me um, and how I perceive myself. So if someone thinks I look great at my staging physique, great. If someone thinks I look bad at that, great. If someone thinks I look good with more weight on me, great. If someone thinks I look bad, great. Like, I don't really care. Like, I just, you have to not care what people's comments are about yourself and understand, like, the only person whose opinion matters on your body is yourself. Um, and if you're working on your body image, like that's okay because we're all going to have bad body image days as well going through our recovery. So understand um, the comments aren't allowed. And if someone again is ever triggering you, you need to let them know. Like I've even told my mom, like, Hey, like, I know this sounds like a compliment from you, but for some reason it does trigger me. And that is the comment. You look healthy. I don't know what it is. I don't like that term. I'd rather someone say like, you look like you're glowing. You look like you're happy. Um, you look strong, but like for some reason, I think it's just tied into my eating disorder. Um, again, like I can't explain why this is a trigger. It's just a trigger for me. And saying the term you look healthy just is a trigger for me. So I had to express that to her and say like, Hey, I understand you're complimenting me, but like, this is really kind of triggering me. Um, and again, that can be uncomfortable for you and uncomfortable for the person, but let's just be able to express our feelings and stop acting like we're okay if we're not okay. And it's okay to not be okay and to have struggles still. So um, that's really all I have to say for today's podcast. I mean, those are the main questions I got. I could have elaborated all day long on these. I'm very passionate about um, eating disorder awareness and just putting it out there. But guys, I want to let you all know that like you're so much more 
then your body, you're so much more than a number on the scale. You're so much more than the size of your genes. Your body is the most least interesting thing about you. Okay. What you have to offer this world is so much more than your physique. And that's partially why I named my podcast beyond the bikini is because we are all so much more than just a bikini or just our bodies. Like we have something to offer the world that is beautiful and it's not going to be tied into if you weigh X amount or eat this X amount of calories. That's so uninteresting and I could care less about that. So really sit with yourself and understand like your value is so much more than how you look. And guys, if you're enjoying um, Beyond the Bikini Radio, I hope that you all just take a moment to write me a rating and review. That is how we grow on iTunes. I'm really looking to grow the podcast even further and um, get Beyond the Bikini up there in the ranks and get the word out there. So I hope you all are um, staying strong and please seek help again if you feel like you need help and um, check out the description box down below in regards to getting help in regards to the like eating disorder quiz. And I will also leave some resources down below, but stay strong, everyone. It gets better. Hey guys, on the Beyond the Bikini podcast, you know, I talk a lot about training and nutrition. Trust me, it can be hard to hit the gym consistently, track your macros to a T and feel like you're making progress. So rather you're a newbie in the gym or someone who's been hitting the gym consistently, but possibly hit a plateau, then I recommend you check out my one-on-one coaching. No, I do not only coach prep clients, but I coach lifestyle clients as well. I would love to hear more about your goals, so feel free to apply for my one-on-one coaching down below at the link. There we can discuss what you're wanting to accomplish in the gym, with your relationship with food, and how I can help you reach your goals.